Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Stop what you're doing. We have a good one for you today. My guest is elegant, beautiful, funny, and has, in my opinion, a voice that is just as killer as her look. She's been keeping audiences entertained in Brighton for some time now with her amazing femme cabaret and is a firm favourite within our queer community. I cannot wait to chat to the incredibly talented Billy Gold. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. Um, so, Billy, thank you so much for talking with me today. Oh my god, thank you for having me. Second guest on Queer I Am the podcast, which is amazing. Very exciting. How are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely great. I'm happy to be back working as much as I am. Uh, it's very early in the morning for us lot, but 10 yes, a.m. It, yeah. 10 a.m. I did think that when I booked this, I was like, will you be performing last night? And or were you performing last night? I wasn't performing last night. You caught me on a rare night off last okay. night. So it was, yeah, I'm, I'm rested. Okay. What's I'm a rare night off look like? What what do you kind of do on a rare night off? Uh, lay on the floor, face down, cry a little bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm really boring when I'm at home. Um, I'm really booky, so I like to like get into books um, and basically do anything that's not singing as mm-hmm. much as I love it, just because it's just not the one when I get back home. So maybe mm-hmm. some horror films, look after nice. my plants. Last night I was 
fixing someone's trousers for them. Okay. Like, I'd, I'd love to say that I went out to a posh dinner or whatever, but I was fixing someone's trousers. trousers. Yeah. yeah. I was replacing a zip. But don't <laughs> <laughs> Living the dream. Living the dream, babe. But don't you think, though, um, when you have like a busy day, sometimes just being at home, watching a bit of telly, having some food, chilling out, you need that. It's oh, like... doing some nothing. And I yeah. live alone because okay. like I'm a bit like that. So mm. I live on my own, which does mean... That any noise in the house not made by me, I assume, is a murderer. That's the uh, that's the <laughs> only the downside. Checking the shower, like you're in there. I know you are. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love living on my own. I love yeah. sort of having a nice chilled one to myself. Yeah, absolutely. So if you had to pick, so we just talked about your altercation on the bus, by the way. We should. Oh should, my god. Should we mention this? Yeah, go for I, it. I, I think mean, I think you on a girl bus. power. On a Hove bus. Yeah, not good. I mean, yeah, this guy was clearly a bit vexed. He got on the bus kind of shouting away and, and to his boss, I think. And he was effing and jeffing. And like, I'm not a prude or anything, but there was grannies on the bus. Mm-hmm. Like, it's half nine in the morning. Chill yeah, out. Yeah. So he's effing and jeffing. I thought, I'll just ignore him. This guy comes and sits next to me and he tells this this hooligan looking dude to put hooligan. I sound like 75. <laughs> this youth. Hooligan. <laughs> <laughs> He tells him to put his feet down off the off the seat in front of him, and mm. I'm like, fair enough. But mind your own business. If that was me, yeah. This guy starts going off at him. You fucking mind your own business, and I'm like, oh my god. They start shouting at each other. So I just turn around and went, guys, it's nine thirty in the morning. Maybe chill. And this guy just went off on me you fucking bitch and i was like that's ridiculous Whoa! he shouted at me for a good five minutes before he got off the bus and do you know what i love no one turned around no it's complete bystander effect mm. they were just like just leave her to it so yeah well you're super brave i think for calling him out well just it, you know be such a nightmare on the bus like, like fuck's I, sake. I do find though like people like that that need to shout and scream at someone i mean it's pretty intimidating and i you know if someone if i hear someone shouting in the street mm. i automatically think oh my god someone's shouting at me and it, <laughs> and it makes me like feel yeah and i think yeah. it's because like, we've all probably been in those situations where we have had that before and yeah. as queer people you definitely are aware of that kind of stuff so when someone does that i just think it's a real I don't know. There's just no need for it. One There's arsehole. no need for it. There was no need to be quite so angry. But yeah, you you are right. We've all had it before. Mm. I've had it before. I went back to my hometown um, a little while ago for a wedding, which I won't be doing again soon. I got off the bu- off the train literally 10 seconds, 10 steps, yeah. and it was dyke down oh. the road. And I'm like, I mean, you're right. <laughs> but also sharp. Yeah. You know? Try something original, bitch. <laughs> right? If you're going to hurt my feelings, at least say something untrue. Yeah. But, you know. Uh, again, what, why? Why do people need to do this? It's I just... think they're just, you know, they've not Bored. got a lot going on. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot to do. Yeah. What, Twants. Yeah. What are they going to do? Drink white lightning in the park? Yeah. God, I'm really swearing today, aren't I? Twants. God, that's pretty bad. I haven't heard that in ages. Yeah, it's a good word, isn't it? I know. I haven't yeah. heard bellend in a while. <laughs> Oh, knobrot. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think one. that was that guy on the, on the bus. Uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Old, old fucking knobrot. <laughs> <laughs> so if you had to um, choose a song today to mm. describe your mood, but actually you weren't counting, or maybe you can count that in your mood if you want to, which, what song would you choose to describe your general vibe? My general vibe today or general vibe generally? Today? Generally speaking. <laughs> oh, no, today. Oh, mm. oh, that's really difficult. Um Oh, that's that, that's really hard. I don't know. There's millions of songs. You know that Lily Allen song, Fuck You, maybe that. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Especially to the man on the bus. Yeah, especially to the yeah, man yeah, on the yeah. bus. I yeah. love that. That's but generally, cool. I'm a little red Corvette girl. Okay. That's my general vibe most days. Okay. I think that Prince encompasses 
all the feelings in one song. That's why no one ever touches him because it's really difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I nearly asked a Prince question on this, right? And this, mm. so this is a complete. So there's a thing that we'll do at the end, which I won't go into too much. Um, but one of the questions was Madonna or Prince, and Easy. so. Oh well, yeah, but yeah. I and I was a bit like maybe neither, so I didn't put it in. So mm. that's so interesting. You've said Prince. Maybe oh, I had Prince. a bit of a, All day, a every day. premonition last night or something. It's the little ginger wave. I yeah. that's what it is. Mine today, I think, or this week, and I said to Anne earlier, um, mine is um Elton John and Ollie. Um, it's a sin from the Brits. Oh, nice! I feel like this uh, this week I had a bit of a music fest. Like I was just on YouTube, like when I was working Getting and stuff. In. And yeah, and, yeah. You, and I love that performance is awesome. <clears throat> and I think this week with the whole kind of conversion therapy news stories, oh my and god, trans people being excluded and stuff. I've just again, it just really pisses me off. And I've just been listening to that song, and I just feel like. Wow, that song is written for almost every queer person, really, isn't it? It's just Absolutely. like, that's how we feel. Yeah. Um, but their performance of it is just incredible. I just love it. Do you know what? I've not watched it. And Amazing. there's, like, I totally know what you're saying about a music hole. Mm-hmm. I did that the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to do it with really, really heavy dance industrial stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but occasionally I go down an artist music hole. I've done it with Prince. I've done it with Michael Jackson, Madonna. Mm-hmm. Like, just going back through there. And my favourite to do that with is David Bowie. Oh, okay. Um. You've got a bit of a Bowie vibe, I have to say. Is he an inspiration for you? I, uh, he's like my god to me. Okay. Like this, this maybe was an accident. I know I look a little bit like a dikey Peter Pan, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't at all. You're beautiful. <laughs> but I, I kind of get. I pick a, a Bowie vibe. Actually, if I think about like your, your stage outfits and things, look yeah. back to his very Ziggy Stardust kind of days. It's... Do, I what I loved about David Bowie is he always said he never stuck to one thing. Like he had such a sort mm-hmm. of and I think with people there is especially in this industry there's a lot of stress when you're just starting out to find your brand mm-hmm. what do you look like what does your makeup what do you sing mm-hmm. and then what I loved about Bowie is he was constantly evolving and he mm-hmm. didn't care mm-hmm. that anyone wanted him to still do stuff because he was yeah. like no I'm bored now I'm going to do something else bit of a trailblazer really yeah. actually there's so many artists from that time that you know, and again, he was, you know, I, I think, was he bisexual, Bowie? Or yeah. he was very, definitely fluid, wasn't he? Definitely and fluid. would probably be considered non-binary and very, no. very gender yeah. fluid and stuff. And actually, what a trailblazer for the time. What I find really interesting about that, though, um, is that no one, or maybe I, maybe they did, but it doesn't appear that anyone really questioned that. Whereas now we have talks about non-binary and, you know, trans rights mm. and queer people. And it just feels like everyone's on it. And it's like, oh, my God, it's all a bit of a fast over nothing. And, yeah, there was people like David Bowie out there doing their thing. And everyone was like, oh, isn't he fabulous? Let's just sing Let's Dance. Like, oh, he's great. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, has anyone seen Aladdin Sane? Are we still saying that this is like, it makes me laugh when like, I know people who are a little bit more conservative say, oh, this is a new thing. And you think. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's crazy. It's been Fair around. Enough. Yeah. It's, it's not, but no. sure. Like, no. it's been around for thousands upon thousands of years. Yeah. I find it really, yeah, I find that really interesting, actually. And, I, and it's those things that you don't really think about. And then you, you watch back over, like, artists or um, listen to their music and listen to lyrics or watch videos. And you think, wow, they were quite experimental or mm. quite different and actually were really pushing boundaries Look at the at, time. Like, I mean, my first... Um, experiences with people from the 80s was like my mum was obsessed with music so she got out this and I'm not too sure about my mum's sexuality either she, <laughs> <laughs> there's some obsessions with some musicians that aren't male let's say okay. that so she got out this massive folder and all I saw was um, there was a beautiful photo taken by Helmut Newton of Grace Jones right? and I was like who yeah. and what is that when yeah. I was a kid 
And I was just obsessed. And people like Grace Jones, David Bowie, mm-hmm. like all these people that were sort of like almost alien-like to me, mm-hmm. like in the way that they moved and just like the way they experimented with stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really followed me mm-hmm. um, since I was a kid. And then I saw Labyrinth and then it was all over. Yeah, I've because- never seen Labyrinth. <gasps> They always told me I need to see Labyrinth. I've never what? seen it. No, it's one of my favourite films of all time. He said I'm like the... You know, there's a moment in it, I think, when it's... The, is it not like a monster or something? He's woken up and it's a bit kind of like, oh, all over the place. And he says that's how I am when I get up in the morning sometimes. I don't know if there's a part that I'm... I don't know. I think... Maybe I need to find out what that is. Maybe you know. Labyrinth. Maybe has. Yeah, maybe he has. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting fact about Labyrinth, though, because it pans quite a lot back to it's a kids' film, mm-hmm. really, because mm. it's Jim Henson, which is really dark for a kids' film. But then there's a lot of David Bowie's crotch shots. And <laughs> that was a director's decision. Wow. Like, who looks at this film and goes, Do you know what this needs? Bit More dick. cock. Yeah. Like, at this kids' film. Like, really? There's enough with the puppets. David Bowie's cock. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. fine. It's time it had some showtime. Let's just do this. Must have been half an hour cock shot, yeah. definitely. Well, that'll be Harry Styles soon. It will be. It will be. What? What? Is he? He's well, not he's, redoing Labyrinth, is he? No, but he's in the... I, I pre- I'm pretty sure that in My Policeman, which was filmed here in Brighton, mm. I'm pretty sure it's full frontal. Is it? Well, I may be making on, this up. Harry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, good for can't, him. Good can't for wait him. to see that cinema. <laughs> it's going to be huge. <laughs> Well, so they say. Yeah, so they, indeed, yes. <laughs> Rumour has it. <laughs> Rumour has it. Um, yeah, I, I have, have to say, actually, so I've not really listened to tons and tons of David Bowie, but mm. I'm a really big Tina Turner fan. I love Tina. And he produced most of the Break Every Rule album. Did he? Yeah, so, if you, no so listen to that. So the song Girls mm. is just, it's so Bowie. And they did a duet together in the 80s, um, 84, called Tonight. Mm. Um, but if you listen to the Brent Give Rule album, it is so influenced by David Bowie. Mm. And he was the one that really started her career again because wow. she wasn't going to get signed. And mm. he was invited to a, um, a dinner party and he said, oh, no, I can't come tonight. I'm going to see my favourite singer. And all the record producers went, I think it was at the Ritz in New York, went with him. What a power move. Yeah, and then then she got signed and the rest is history. I can't come. I'm going to see my favourite singer. That's so gorgeous because it's so like plop. I know. I know. And I think they had a thing. I, you know what? I think he had a thing with pretty much everybody. everyone. Yeah, yeah. I love Tina Turner. She's she's been in my set quite a lot. And do you know what's really nice? It's like across generations, everyone knows Tina. Yeah, like no one doesn't know simply the best yeah. or like Proud Mary. Like it's it's across every generation. Yeah, yeah. Always gets the audience up and on their feet. And mm. it's, she's brilliant. She's got some amazing album tracks, and she her Wildest Dreams album. She covered some really great songs, and mm. um, a lot of her songs are covers, but they, they she does her own thing with them. And some of them are just slight. Some of the album tracks are stunning. They are mm. so worth a listen. So Break of Your Rule, if you've not listened to that album, mm. it's a proper 80s rock fest with some real synths and some oh. experimental stuff. And you, you'll just hear Bowie all over it. It's really cool. Oh, I see. Really cool. Yeah, very cool. So where did you grow up? What's your background? Oh, uh, so I, apparently I was born in Norfolk. Um, I've never actually seen I was seen born in the, Suffolk. I've never actually seen the place. We left when I was nine months old. Right, okay. Um so, um, yeah, I'm from a single parent family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we left when I was nine months old because of my father. So me okay. and my mum left on a train. She literally put a photo album and me in a buggy. Wow. And she went. Wow. So I grew up in Essex. That's a pop star story, can I say? <laughs> we, we left on a train with a photo album and the baby and we went and the rest uh, is history. Do you know what? She's There, there are some strange things about, about like mm. that, which I've never really, I've never really thought interesting enough to say because it's my life. Yeah, yeah, you're you used to that? it. And yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Essex, the rough part of Essex. What I grew part? Up in uh, Stamford, Corringham, Corringham kind of area. Okay. 
um, which was one of those places we used to call it because um, me and mum didn't have much money growing up. So we used to go to the park until it got like dusk because mm-hmm. then the youths come out and then it's dangerous. Yeah. So then she'd take me home. Uh, but mum was fantastic. Like mm-hmm. we had no money, but a lot of like imagination. That's amazing. Because I was a single, like I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. So I had no brothers or sisters or anything. So we kind of just made a lot of imaginary games up. Like mm-hmm. I was always drawing Always sort of, I was a bit of a weird kid sitting in the corner drawing my little thing. Oh, things. lovely. But, you know, I think that's, yeah, she is to blame for a lot of this. <laughs> mm. And she's still in Essex now? No, she moved. So she lived in Cornwall for a while while, well, while I lived in Australia. Wow, okay. Um, And then when I came back, um, she lived in Cornwall for a couple more years. Um, and then moved down here to be closer to me. So Amazing. she's in Worthing now, which is wow, really nice. That's incredible. Yeah. And you're in Hove or? I'm in centre of Brighton. Okay. I'm in the lanes. Oh, oh wow. Amazing. It's oh, loud, so nice. but it's nice. Yeah. I was going to say, how, <laughs> how loud is that? Yeah. yeah Especially in the summer, I guess, with hen parties. I and... kind of like it though. Like all the smells coming up from the restaurants. Cause I've got a little balcony that I can sit on and judge people. Um, <laughs> you know, it. it's lovely because all the smells and like everyone's like going out and you can hear it and it's just so nice and also i could literally roll to the sea yeah like well i'm literally five minutes down the road hit from here oh nice so my flat is three minutes to the beach which is incredible and then three minutes to the high street and i was thinking about this last night because one of the questions i've got for you is what do you love about brighton and hove and i guess you've you've kind of just um spoken about that and i think you you've touched upon something that i really feel it's like it's the smells and it's the buildings and the kind of vibe and the people the and yeah and I never really thought that. I, I grew up in Ipswich and I say uh, town kind of person, you know, and then we, we lived out in some quiet areas and things. Mm. But I really love being in the city and I find it really, I don't know, just quite lovely just to kind of um, be five minutes from the high street. There's mm. loads of restaurants and bars and there's always people. You never kind of feel alone really in, in Brighton. Yeah, so no, do you feel the same? Or? I totally get what you mean. I've been here about 12 years now. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and when I came here, I literally came here with two suitcases and no clue what I was doing. Um, I came here when I was what twenty. I want to say nineteen. That's really brave. Um, I just moved back from Australia. I was living in my nan's shed. Um, (laughs) My God. Okay. How? Why? Okay, so I was living in my nan's shed because um, my mum had already moved to Cornwall. I had come back with my partner. Um, it was a bloke because I wasn't out yet. Okay. Um, we'd come back from Australia, unbeknownst to me. Because I thought we were going to live together and do the whole thing. Unbeknownst to me, the day we get back, he breaks up with me. And I'm like, well, what what am I going to do? Yeah. So into my nan's shed I go. Um, And before I went to Australia, I had a fairly, like, decent career as a casino dealer. Wow, okay. So um, I was like, what do I do? So I just start start ringing casinos up and down the country. And then eventually, like, as fate would have it, I rung... Uh, Genting Casino, mm-hmm. which had my old manager from South End in it. Wow! And he said, "Is that legal name?" And I said, "Yeah." Um, have you got any jobs? And he went, "Yeah." Do you want to start Monday? I was in Essex, <laughs> and I said, yeah, do, "Do you not want to like make sure I can still do it?" Went, "No, nah, you'll be fine." So I literally got two bags together, came down, stayed in a B and B with people that did not speak a word of English. Wow. By the way, um, started my job, lived in the B and B. Uh, and then I eventually had a six-year-long career as a croupier. Wow. That's amazing. And then inspector. And then, yeah, it was quite a long career to have before this career. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then I got out of there. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just sitting here telling you my life story. No, I think, that, well, this is the, the whole point. I think that's, I, I just, I need to know, though, what was your nan's shed like? 
I feel like we just need to kind of, we can't just leave that. Cold. Was it like a wooden shed, shed or a concrete shed? Or? It was a summer house. Oh, okay. But not like a nice one. No. Like it was still, it had glass all around it and I was in the back of the garden. Right. So um, it's foxes at night make that sound like screaming babies. Ah! Yeah. It's, ah! And you think someone's being murdered and it's not, it's just a fox fucking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so true. I was just literally sitting in this shed going, this is quite frightening, actually. I had no toilet. I had no fridge. None, nothing like Pissing that. Pissing in a bucket. Pissing in a bucket. Or going through the house and waking them all up because my nan and granddad. Um, so, yeah, the shed was weird. Okay. The shed was weird. I thought we needed just to cover that. We can't We can't just leave the shed. No, what do you mean shed? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Not the worst place I've lived, but, you know. So, um you casino work and then five years, six years later, Billy Gold. Not quite. Okay. Um, so in between the casino work, I'd come out of casinos because it was I'd learned everything that I could learn because with casinos you've got a finite amount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've learned that, you get good at that, and then there's nothing. Yeah. Like, that's just that then every day. Um and then I went to these like awards and national dealer of the year and I won it. Wow. And I was like, that's really cool because that's out the whole country. And then um I came back and I thought what are we going to do now? Mm. Um, so I fell into a little bit of a dodgy relationship with a chap who thought it would be a good idea for me to become a stripper. Right. Yeah. And I did that for three years. Them were some dark days with, oh. you know, not a very nice man. And, and do you look back on the stripping as like a dark time? Or I'm actually you... writing a book about it. Are moment. you? Wow. Um, just because I told my life story to someone. We were having one of those deep chats and they went, you should write a book. And I'm like, it's not that interesting. And they were like, only because you that's your life and I was like okay fair yeah, enough already but, I'm kind of gripped <laughs> um, I think like the idea of like and there's a lot about um, being a queer woman and not being out yet mm-hmm. um, and I was in a very sort of like toxic relationship mm-hmm. and like I had I was really trying to like smash down that notion of the, the fact that I was a lesbian mm-hmm. because it wasn't socially done in my family mm-hmm. and it wasn't socially done in Essex. And I wanted to be, I didn't want to be a disappointment, mm-hmm. which is like, there's so much shame around it. But like when I was in the strip club, I made some friends with some like sex workers are the bravest, the cleverest and the most tenacious women I've mm-hmm. ever met. I think they're wonderful, like, because they're, they're businesswomen at the mm-hmm. end of the day. Mm-hmm. And the constant knockbacks. And it all feels very personal when you're in, like, working in a, in a strip club environment. But um, they were wonderful mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that, because it was night shift work, it's designed to keep you tired. Um, and the relationship I was in was designed to keep me tired. Mm-hmm. And then eventually um, I couldn't do it anymore so i quit and then i fell in love with someone and i came out amazing so wow. you know ended the the toxic nastiness which didn't end very well obviously no, no. um but yeah and since then that's been and then billy gold came after that's so brave and thank you for yeah. sharing that because that's no it's problem. quite a i guess a a brave kind of thing to go through but actually it sounds like a really tough thing to go through as well at the time it was it was weird because there was such time like there were times of such joy with the Mm. women that worked in there Mm -hmm. and there was like a lot of camaraderie and it was funny as fuck like Mm -hmm. there are some things that got said to me that i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) some of it goes into my stage shows because it's just so stupid yeah because of course when you're in like a strip club there's these men coming in talking about 
there's stuff that they can't talk about with anyone else. Yeah. And then you hear it and you're like, am I going to die in here? Yeah, because this yeah. man's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of like, I really look back on it now as a different person and I'm like, I look on her with fondness. Yeah. I'm like, bless you. When you come out, it's going to get a lot better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it, it changes you, obviously. Well, it's kind of looking back at that, like you're in a child as such. Now it's kind of like a self-helpy term, but it's like, we always look back at our younger selves and go, oh, wow. Thank God I went through that situation to learn that or to understand something more about myself. And without mm. that, this wouldn't have happened. And Absolutely. You've got to heal your inner bitch because, yeah. like, you know, and strip clubs aren't a lot, a thing that I talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to talk about it more mm-hmm. and not be quite so like, that was part of my life. Forget about it. Well, do you know, what I think is really um, quite what which touched me there is I think is around the sense of camaraderie and community. Oh because my God, yeah. I think, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, queerness and shame and things. I think we all have that mm. um, somewhere and we've all experienced it somewhere. And I think, you know, what I've certainly learned since being here is that we're stronger as as a community. It's mm. like when you're living in rural Suffolk, you're living in a place where you don't have allies and friends around you that get you or know you. Oh, God, I totally you feel know what you so mean. alone. Like, so... bitch, I'm not going home. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a family wedding. I was like, I'll talk about the only gay in the village. Like, mm. I'm stood here in suit and heels. And <laughs> I'm like, I want to go home. home. Take me back to and Brighton. Then, <laughs> as soon as you get back to Brighton, you're like, oh, thank God. Thank yeah. God for that. Like, it's just like, it's a lovely, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the community I've found here is just astronomical mm-hmm. more than I could have ever hoped mm-hmm. for especially in being in cabaret like mm-hmm. uh, you had Caravan Park on here the week before mm-hmm. um, like we've been friends for quite a few years now and it's th- those people I never would have met had no. I not come out no. and it's like they're really important to me yeah. and like I've got um, quite a good community now and it's mm. just like it's astonishing really I think do you know it's, it's funny I look back 12 months ago my mental health was rubbish toilet I, toilet was not yeah. in a good place <laughs> end of COVID it was a bit shit um, you know, and, and I don't know, we, we were living in a different place. I had no idea that a year later I would be in a studio talking to you, mm. having met some great people in the community, made really amazing friends. That's amazing. 12 months later, yeah. how much your life can change. And I think that's, the, and you know, the power of the community, it's like, why didn't I have this before? I didn't even realise it was something I was missing until I found it. Yeah. And then you start having really honest conversations. So when you refer back to the camaraderie and the conversations you had with the people in the in the mm. strip club, you all get it. You all understand each other because you're all going through it. And I think that's the same with our queer community. It's like, yes, we're all different, but actually there's a common ground there, isn't there? You know, we all understand what it's like to be judged or to be ostracised or to feel like you're the only one that is there. Well, also, like, I think as well with with our community, like, mental health is a huge issue. Mm. Like, I've lost four people in the last year um, through mental health problems. And, like, that's so fucking sad. Mm. But I've... Like in this community, all you've got to do is say, mm. like, if you're struggling, all you've got to do is say. And I've had people come to me for advice. Mm-hmm. I've went to other people for advice. And there's usually like a problem shared is a problem definitely, halved. Definitely. But when you've got like a, a battalion of queer people around you, like sharing that problem doesn't seem so massive. No. And you know you're not alone because people go, oh, I've had that happen to mm-hmm. me. And here's, what, here's how I coped. Or mm-hmm. it's going to be shit for a while. Mm-hmm. But then this. Mm-hmm. And it's so important. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. Like, and I'm really grateful now that um, I can be in a position with people to say, okay, well, this is what helped me. Yeah. And or I don't know what you're going through specifically, but this is how I cope with it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's amazing. Like our community and mental health is is wicked. Mm. The biggest, I think the big sometimes the biggest thing is to say, I need help. I struggled for so long, mm. just kind of coping and just kind of 
I'm okay, I'm doing all right. And then you almost, you, you believe your lie, don't you? And then eventually you kind of go, okay, I, I do need to speak to someone and I need yeah. to get help. And the best thing I ever did was get medicated and have therapy. Same. And Same. it just, it kind of, I was like, whoa, this is how you're supposed to feel. You're not <laughs> supposed to always be in your head and worrying about everything. It's, you're supposed to be relaxing. Do you ever and... feel like quite affronted when you do get medicated and get therapy? Like, oh, this is how you're all living. No wonder it was easy for you <laughs> bastards. Like, I, I got diagnosed with ADHD and I suddenly went, ah, oh, of course. Yeah. Like, of course. And then everything made sense. And I was like, you lot have this so easy. Yeah. Like, we well, don't have it easy, but your sort of perception of people going through life. Yeah. But yeah, I totally I resonate with that. Like, well, I have OCD. So I, I've, and then not in the sense of everyone goes, oh, you like to have everything in a certain order. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like sometimes my mind is a bit of a scary place. Mm. And actually, sometimes you can't quite get out of your thoughts. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, and that's what it, it means by OCD. But it, for me, it was like I was always just coping and just kind of, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then eventually when I got medicated and I got the right support, I was like, I don't have to function like this. I can actually function in a healthy way yeah. rather than just coping. I can um, strive, not survive kind of thing. And again, I don't think if I hadn't have done that and we'd gone through the things we went through last mm. year, we'd be here because it, it was all a turning point of oh, life. Oh, absolutely. Do you know what? I had a conversation with a friend last night. Um, like Loads of people after COVID seem to be like getting the help they finally need or pursuing mm-hmm. the things that they finally want to pursue. And I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a couple of friends who have packed up what they're doing. They're starting a new business. And I'm like, good. Yeah. Because we got shut down. We don't know. It could happen again. Yeah. Live your life. Do what you want to do. Do what you want to do. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. Like, and and that's the inspiring thing about this place. Mm. You know, you know, we, I've met so many people that are entertainers or you know photographer I've got a photographer in the room right now he's taking pictures he's amazing I'm my lovely friend Ant and you know gorgeous beard by the way gorgeous beard marvellous gorgeous beard and it, mm. I think there's just so many people that are so creative here it mm. almost feels like someone's writing a book or someone's opening a new shop or someone's recording music and it's like wow it's it's inspiring I was it like is. okay I need to make a podcast I wanted to do this for ages mm. let's make it happen so and why not you know why not? go with it yeah absolutely go with it so Billy Gold was created after that time. Um, how would you? How did you find your kind of femme cabaret? What What did you think was missing within the circuit, and and what made you kind of want to be Billy Gold? I think um, so. I started off with a, a very different idea of what I am now because okay. I I felt like I had to be um, packaged and taglined. So I mm-hmm. used to go by the space lesbian. Okay. <laughs> and then because I used to feel like a bit of an alien, like I didn't really fit in anywhere, yeah. which is true and untrue. It's uh-huh. got less true. So, <clears throat> and I suppose it's not, it's now not about not fitting in. It's like I fulfill my own niche. Yeah. So I dropped space because I thought, fucking stop it. And yes, I am a lesbian. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Like it doesn't have to be on my tagline. I don't have to force feed people my sexuality. Um, me dear gay dear no dear. Me dear gay dear no dear. She says shaving her head. Um, but it's, I think I yeah I started with like all eighties songs and I felt like I had to be because my voice wasn't that strong when I started. Um, my patter wasn't that strong when I started. As everyone, I was a bit shit when you start because you start out a bit shit. That's just the way so it goes. So you grow and you, yeah, you grow. develop. And like, luckily, I had some awesome people to look up to. I had, um, I had comedians. I had singers. I had drag queens. Like, and it was like I had this plethora of people to go and watch and go. Like I've always said, if you don't know what to do, go and watch someone who does it better than you. Mm-hmm. 
which is what you absolutely should mm-hmm, do if you mm-hmm. think like, oh, I want to start out, go and watch someone better than That's you. That's really amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like where I'm at now, it became, it kind of morphed and changed as I started to get a little bit of a stronger singer and started to understand what my jokes were about. Because I was always careful about being too weird on stage in case people wouldn't understand and get mm-hmm, the joke. Mm-hmm. I've found now that the more myself I am, the more comfortable people are. Mm-hmm. And I've been afforded some really beautiful opportunities to like have really authentic shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from that, it just kind of grew into this like, what did someone call me the other day? Um, well, what someone called me the other day was terrifying and disgusting, which I quite liked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where was that? That was at a gig. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> terrifying and disgusting. I thought that's the name of my autobiography. Yeah, that's, the, that's the strap line, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's got to go on a poster or something. Where can I put that? Do you know, if you called your book that, Terrifying and disgusting. disgusting. Yeah, the, t- the, the tales of a space lesbian. That would just be. Oh, my God, that would be marvellous. Um, but yeah, someone called me, was it Brechtian or something? And I don't know, like, I've always loved like old school and like weird underground cabaret, mm-hmm. which I've tried to sort of put a little bit of a spin on. But yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just like my, myself mm-hmm. on stage. But there are definitely a lot of like early 80s references in there, like Bowie, like, you, yeah. you know. Um, and I, do you do Ace of Base? I saw the sign. Am I making this up? No, I don't do that song. I'm sure I've had, maybe I've just been watching too much Pitch Perfect. I'm sure you did that. No. That'd be a wicked one to do, though. It would be a good one to do. But what's nice as well is like, as I started wiggling out of the 80s mm-hmm. era, I've I've had the opportunity to do more songs, like, yeah. um, and songs that I never would have even thought of, like, and especially with people like Paul Diello offering me shows and like um, hosting shows places. It's just become this thing where I can really play with it and really find like where I sit comfortable. I'm fairly comfortable now, mm. but it's like you can always grow and mm. you can always learn. And do you get nervous? Because like we saw you last week at the Madonna mm. Night at the Armite Studio, which was amazing. And I know you're there next week with the Drag Cabaret with Miss Jason. Vard Cabaret, Caravan I am. Park. And so, and when you came on stage, I mean, you, we've talked about this earlier, you were the last act, but it just felt effortless. Like you just were comfortable. You were rocking your outfit. You just started singing Madonna. We were like, okay, this is the party starting. Do you feel nervous? Or... Um, I'm glad it felt that way. Yeah. I'm really glad it felt that way. And what I love more than anything is making an audience feel like comfortable. And yeah. like, I can, oh, I can sink into myself and just forget it. Have a good time. That's what my act always was. Yeah. Whether it's like jokes or songs or whatever, that's how I want you to feel. Yeah. But yeah, I was literally pooing backstage. Like, mm-hmm. well, not literally pooing because that's gross and I was wearing tights. Um, <laughs> but because like the back of the ironworks, you've got like your screen and then there's like a little walkway that's all lit up. Yeah. And I'm standing back there going, oh my God. Like, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. The day I don't get nervous is the day I quit. Yeah, and I guess that's probably, it probably keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? Because you think, well, actually, I've really got to make this work. And, and... it's having respect for your audience. Mm-hmm. Like, they're there to see you. They've paid money to come see you. Like, mm-hmm. you should be nervous. Nervous, But is it nervous as in, like, you're going to vom or nervous as in, like, oh, my God, I'm really excited. It's, like, yeah, it's the, it's the butterfly feeling. Yeah. And it's it's more like, it's not like, I don't want to do this or I don't think I'm good enough. It's like, oh, I hope this goes well and I hope they like this bit and I hope I remember the words to that bit. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, like, I'd, I'd only learned those songs that day. So You were um, crazy. I mean, we crazy for you. Some of those tracks are, like, are just amazing. And Papa Don't Preach and Like a Prayer, that was awesome. Yeah, Did, I mean, what a catalogue she's got. She well, she has, absolutely. Um, so your outfit is, and I've seen you perform a few times. I've seen you in the Queen's Arms mm. uh, quite a lot. 
And, and by the way, I can't believe that pub isn't fuller. I feel like they need to change your night, quite frankly. You need to be on like a Friday or something. Are you on a Friday over there at the Queen's Arms? I do some Saturdays. Um, oh, okay. Also, some Tuesdays, are, some Tuesdays are really busy. Um, the ones I've been to have been really quite... And I don't know if it's because maybe it's middle of the week, people are not going out and stuff, but I'm like, you're likely. awesome. Like, why Thank is this you. pub not full? I yeah. just... Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, sometimes it's rammed, but sometimes it's like on the nights you've caught, it's just... Bit not, quieter. Not that round. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do do some Saturdays there as well, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the outfits, I mean, oh, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so between the croupier and the strip club and all of that, I was a seamstress for three years and I made drag costumes. Amazing. Forgot about that bit. So <laughs> fortunately, I have the skills to make my own costumes. And they are epic. Thank you, because they cost... A fucking fortune yeah. to make, which I mean, the drag costumes we've got in this business, like, yeah. they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm very particular and arrogant about what I do. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, everything I do, everything, like, my gay audacity knows no bounds. If someone tells me something's too hard, I'm like, no, it's not. You do more. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to tune a piano, but I'll fucking learn. Yeah, I'll do it. So, <laughs> like, I will do it myself and then you will praise me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm kind of that way. Yeah. So, like, making my own stuff has always felt really nice because there's mm. another, there's nothing quite like going, oh, thanks, I made it. Like, and I think that's one of the first conversations we had at the bar, actually, in the Queens. I said, mm. I love your outfit because you were, I, you like sparkly leotard and your big boots. And yeah, yeah. you were like, yeah, I made this myself. And I was like, wow, that is epic. And I think we had the conversation because you're quite tall, like I am. Leggy. Yeah, you have to make something that's really going to have like a longer middle and well you have to otherwise you make a leotard and then you get a moose knuckle Ah. and then there's a problem because you don't want that on stage do you i did have a horrific incident so um i made this costume and i was really pleased with it and i went on stage and i had a banging night it was absolutely round came back home and went to sleep and in the morning i went oh there's pictures oh (laughs) what i didn't realize was the sequin fabric that i'd used only looked opaque when right. there wasn't lights on me. Right. So what the audience had in fact been looking at the entire night were my nipples. Right. And I was like, shit. Okay. So now I make sure I do like double tests and things yeah. like that. Like that jacket you saw me wearing at the Madonna concert. Yeah. Which um, was like the big shoulder piece, the snakes and all that. Is He's rubber snakes, by the way. Wow. Just painted and then rhinestoned and then sewn. That's, you know, because I couldn't find one I wanted. Do you find it relaxing to do that? Is it quite nice no. to be creative? You don't like being creative? No. Like, no. Well, I, I do like it, but I'm often up against a time limit. I guess because you're busy performing and you've got gigs and. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, when I'm not performing, it's like maybe it's Monday or a Thursday and I'm trying to have a social life as well, yeah. which doesn't often work. But doing normal things rather than just being normal, Billy Gold. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes I put the telly on and just sit there and do it like that. But often it's for a gig or for like, mm-hmm. I've got a show coming up that I want to look particularly nice mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. Or more often than not, this costume's buggered because I've worn it so much. I now need to do something, something else. Something different. Yeah. yeah. So the costume's fun. And do you feel like the costume is um, like an armour, like for Billy Gold? So when you, like we talked about nerves, when you go on stage and you're wearing your sparkly leotard and your jacket and your boots and your hair's banging and you've got your lovely I love your red lips as well by the way <laughs> the sparkly you. red lips are incredible but do you uh, feel shout out to the birdcage for that one oh okay birdcage is awesome we talked about yeah. that with Cara's uh, podcast mm. obviously they they own it but um do you feel like right armor on ready I'm I'm now gonna absolutely. do this absolutely there is a, there is a thing if I don't feel like I look good and I don't if I don't feel like I'm presenting well then I you know it's difficult for me to get in the zone but then mm-hmm. shows like that is always the fucking way when you've had a really bad day 
or something's gone wrong, your costume's not, your hair's not gone right, you have a banging show. Yeah. And it's sod's law, it really is. Because you're just like, of course it was a good show tonight. Of course it was. It yeah. wasn't the other night when I looked shit hot. Um, Maybe it's because you'll stop caring. You're like, do you know what? Today is, is a complete fuck up. I'm like, just going to go it, with fine. it. And then you're like, yeah. and it's almost a release. It's like, let me just sing and get this all out of my body. And... That is that is the cathartic thing about yeah. it. Like, it, I'm, I often say, like, when I go on stage, I'll be right. Yeah. If I've had a crap day or something's happened, like mm. let me go sing it out and then mm. then it'll be fine. And it usually is. And how much of how much of Billy or how much of you is in Billy Gold, the performer? Would you say? So my friend uh, Darcy Knox, who's who's a performer that's just yep. come up and um, is doing quite well. Um, they said to me, "What does it feel like when you're on stage?" And I was like, "One interesting question." Mm. And for me, it feels like when I'm on stage is the only time that I'm not masking. Okay. So as I mentioned, I have ADHD. Um, You know, I kind of like exploring those ideas on stage and just Mm. seeing where it takes me. But yeah, it it makes me feel like I'm not masking. Mm -hmm. And um, I suppose there's private parts of me that I keep for off stage. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I don't really believe in going on stage and telling my whole life story. Because people are going to sit there and go, well, that's grim. Like it is grim, but like... um, I would rather do that in joke format, yeah, and sort of like take some of the unease about it, yeah, out of it. Um, but yeah, some stuff about myself is is private and mm. kept to me. But um, definitely the more um, extrovert parts are on stage, mm-hmm. and it allows me to talk about the introvert parts because they're fucking weird. Well, do you know what so, I love about things like podcasts and like autobiographies and things is that you never quite know someone's complete background. And like mm. today, I've learned so much more about you. Than... It's because I don't shut up, babes. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's wonderful because it's like, wow, you're this amazing performer that I love to watch, but actually there's a real history behind it. And mm. that person on that stage has gone through what you've gone through to get there. And I think that's amazing. That's the power of things like podcasts and books because, you know, I think you then have more of a respect for the performer because you understand mm. their journey. So I think that's, that's nice. It's quite nice to save it so that actually yeah. when you do a book or you do a podcast, you can then reveal a bit more. Mm. Personally, that's what I think. Yeah. Re- reveal a bit more than one last cheek on stage anyway, which I tend to do a lot. But, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it's just an extension as it is with most performers. Yeah, definitely. And a question I asked Caravan Park a couple of weeks ago was about um, your performance art and the queer community. So, do you feel that you have a responsibility with the queer community to, or does your performance art um, lend itself to the queer community and therefore you have a responsibility to do a good job and make sure that you're the best you can be? I mean, is there, is there, do you hold that on your, on yourself or is it something that you kind of don't really think about? Uh, I think in a way that's, that's totally right. Like, but then with every audience, I always feel like I should be the best that I can be. And when I'm performing to straight audiences, I mm-hmm. feel like there's a part of representing the queer community that you have to be, mm-hmm. or you have to like, you know, put your best foot forward because mm-hmm. often in the break, they'll ask you questions about gayness mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I have to now sit here and answer this for you. Yeah. Um, or give you the best of my knowledge because no one has all the answers. But mm. yeah, I think there's a certain part of going on stage and like people knowing who you are mm-hmm. expecting a good show um and like of course if people weren't expecting a good show from me i wouldn't fucking turn up no so no. you know and i think being a woman on the cabaret circuit as well there's not many of us mm-hmm. certainly not many of us who are a little bit weird and androgynous like me so i think my specific little cut out mm-hmm. like i always feel like i have to perform mm-hmm. very well in order mm-hmm. to do myself justice mm-hmm. as well and like keep what i've fought for alive because... i guess you've carved out quite a niche really haven't you I mean, it's important to 
make sure that it's important to keep growing preserve it yeah. yeah and it's important to keep being fresh and it's important to keep bettering myself and learning more jokes or writing more jokes or learning new songs it's important yeah because otherwise what are you going to do so, yeah, the same there. thing every, yeah, yeah, every exactly. week nah, and, and, myself. well it must be yeah you may get bored of that as well you might be sitting there singing a song going oh my goodness I've sung this a hundred times this year I can't sing this anymore and, really? and me and my little drag family have got a cursed song that no one sings oh really yeah Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we've cursed it. No, not the curse. Too song. much. Not oh, the I think curse song. I think Proud Mary's getting a bit like that. To be honest, Proud Mary rolling. Oh, uh, so Proud Mary is one of my favourite songs of all time because I'm such a Tina fan, and I've mm. been. I know that routine. I've known it since I was six. Like mm. I'm not joking. I can do it, but it's like loads of people are doing it now, and it's mm. like it's it's a fun song to do, but you've really got to do it well. Like yeah. you can't you can't. You can't just mock Tina when you do it. You've got to be good at it. And I think that it's just... And maybe I've heard it more since like it was on Glee, because Glee did it um, yeah. on the TV show. And If you're going to do it, you've got to be banging about yeah. it. Like, that's the thing. If you're going to do anything, then I feel the same way about Queen, mm. because I've got a couple of Queen songs in my set. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody, when it's a really busy gig, I yeah. love doing it, because, I mean, Freddie, who, who yeah. is like Freddie's god... Um, he said something really funny about the Sex Pistols, which I find um, brilliant because I, I can't stand pretentiousness. And um, he said he once called Sid Vicious Simon Ferocious and he left the building. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I think he took issue with that. I thought it was really funny. Um, but yeah, and uh, Queen songs can get overplayed. But if you're going to do like a really well-known song, you be sure you're doing that justice. You got to do it right, haven't you? Yeah, you got to do it right. And if you can't do it right, don't do it. I think Who Wants to Live Forever would be a good one to do in a drag set. So I'm learning that one. Are you? Um, the only reason I haven't before is because it's a bummer, and it really kind of it's builds. a real bummer. Um, yeah. so um, I was I'm, in like a bit depressing. Well, yeah, and I'm like, but it's a really touching song. Mm. But I think in the drag circuit, you always have songs that mean a lot to people. Because it's part of our queer experience and a part of our queer identity. Yeah. So, I mean, songs like that, I mean, specifically songs like that for me are Rock and Roll Suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but Who Wants to Live Forever is a song that I'm learning. But it's, yeah, I'll see how it goes. Because yeah. people might listen to it and go, not this. No. But you never know how an audience is going to react. And I guess it depends what you want in your set, doesn't it? So mm. uh, it's got to be a right time to do that. And because mm. if, it, you know, your sets are quite, they're quite full on and yeah, yeah. they get the party going. So actually, if you were to then do that song, um, and you can't do like a, I don't know, a hip hop remix of it, can you? You've got to, you've got to do it as it is. So it's like, actually, it's at that moment... In, that felt like sacrilege. <laughs> yeah. So at that, moment in, at that moment in time in the pub, everyone might be a bit like, oh, wow, we need to go and get some more drinks. Maybe I that's a, a perfect gin. time to go to the bar. If you need to get sales up, just start singing Queen and wants to live Anyone forever. I want a shot, I do. <laughs> Like I've had that. Because I learned uh, all coming back to me now, which was mm. I've done a couple of times in sets, and it's fucking hard yeah. to sing, really hard. But the two times that I've sung it, I'll never forget it because um, well, I've sung it more than that. But the two times that I remember, I was starting. Like, I was doing the spiel on the way up to it because it reminds me of my mum, and she used to do the laundry to it because she only had two cassette tapes, and right. Celine Dion was one of them. Yeah. And I just remember it from being a kid, so I learned the song. And um, I was just about, I got my mic stand ready, the smoke machine was on, and Caravan Park walked through the door, and I went, oh no, oh no. <laughs> now I've got to do it in front Now of I'm going to have to really fucking sing. Um, and it went well, thank God. And then the second time I did it, Jenny Castell was in the audience, and I'm like, am I ever going to catch a break with this song? Amazing. But it's, yeah, I think hard songs like that. Can you do it, a bit now? 
no. <laughs> um, it kind of forces you to. Um, it kind of forces you to better yourself, and it forces you to get ready for it. But it doesn't make it any less scary. Well, the, th- the thing is, those type of songs are always going to be compared because you've got someone like Celine with such a big voice. When, Celine Dion. I mean, when you start tackling a song like that, everyone's going to write. Well, it doesn't sound like the original, and it's like, yeah, but. I'm not Celine Dion. It's I'm I doing wish my I thing. I was, but I'm not. Like, she's hilarious as well, by the way. I she is so funny. Watching her in her videos and stuff, and she yeah. she has. Have you ever seen her like Vegas show on DVD? No, I've seen parts of it. So she does this thing where she like does this like strutting walk down the stage. I think her stage was kind of like um, it was at an angle because she had like ballerina dancers and all this kind of stuff, and they when they walked on the stage or dance, they had to do it in a particular way because they would have fallen over. Mm. So when she walks down the stage and does River Deep Mountain High, she's like, she's these really two thin legs and it's like, she just walks <laughs> really, really quick. And it's just, it's really funny to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, she's like a sexy toothpick. She, yeah, completely. Yeah. And she, she does the chest bump, doesn't oh, she? Oh. <laughs> she had one of the best love stories of all time, her oh, and her husband. Oh, Renee. Yeah. Renee Charles. Oh, Renee. Um... <laughs> Yeah, Celine Dion is someone that I've tackled, but I think there's there's others that I just wouldn't. Yeah, I like that song though, and I think it's the 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 bridge of that song is just such a moment, isn't it? it oh my just, god, it's epic! It it's is amazing. Epic. And, you know the history with a slam and another door, boom! It's just like everyone does it know their feet, don't they? It's just it's just one of those moments. So so good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So um, we've talked a little bit about um, your queer journey and I guess, you know, your um, your journey to coming out. In terms of your queer journey or your identification, how would you identify yourself? Because for me, it's been a real gradual process. You know, I'm, mm. I came out when I was 19 mm. uh, as a gay, a gay man. And it's so weird saying that because that's just not how I really feel, I don't think. I'm, I definitely feel that over the years I've kind of 
understood more about myself and I would definitely say that I fall in the non-binary kind of camp mm-hmm. um camp being the operative word as well <laughs> and um but also I, I don't know for me it just the whole all the labels and all the kind of um kind of expectations of who you are you know kind of the binaries we have it it really bothers me so I think over the years I've just had to get more and more comfortable with being different and not fitting in you know every box or or limited boxes as such so for me I feel like I'm me Mm. but actually there's an androgynous side of it there's a I want to wear makeup I want to dress differently sometimes Mm. I just want to wear sports clothes but sometimes I want to be really fair or whatever and I yeah. and I think that that's that really has been a journey and something that I've had to really get comfortable with I don't think mm. it's been easy so how's that been for you and how would you describe your journey so um I came out as bisexual to literally two people at 18 um so it wasn't early for me mm. I just kind of thought um obviously being in Essex and it not really being a thing Mm-hmm. For where I was anyway to be gay, mm-hmm. it didn't cross my mind. I knew that I was watching True Lies with Jamie Lee Curtis stripping in it and felt something, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> and I was had I had boyfriends, but I kind of assumed that I was just broken. And I think as a woman, like growing up as a young girl, you see stuff on TV for mm-hmm. like if you can't please your man and all these mm-hmm. things, or if you don't like if you're not getting excited enough, or if you're not. Like, enjoying it enough. There's something wrong with you. Mm. And I thought because it was societal expectation, I'm an only child, so it was always expected for me to get married and have a baby. Um, I just thought there was something wrong with me and mm. that I didn't enjoy it, you know, sleeping with men or, you know, I just didn't, like, it didn't, that didn't work for me. Didn't click. And I was like, well, this is my life. There's other, there's other shit that I enjoy. That's fine. Mm-hmm. And then I fell in love with a woman and I went, fuck, that's what it is. <laughs> I literally remember the moment in the shower because I was with my horrible ex at the time. Uh, I hope he's having a comically relevant day if he's listening to this. Um, wherever you are, I pray. And I was standing in, in the shower um, because it was the only time I had any fucking space. Right. So I'd locked the door, stood in the shower. I put my neck up and the water hit my neck and I thought, I'm a lesbian. Oh, Jesus. This, this is going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And it was a big yeah, mess, huge, yeah. enormous, but yeah. like catastrophe explosion. And like I'd split, I kept that quiet for a minute and I slip, split with um, my ex-fiance. And I was going to get married to the guy. Can you believe wow. that? So split with my ex-fiance and that kind of had nothing to do with me splitting with him. He was just a bastard. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> like, no, you no, had no. to go. <laughs> Babes, you're overriding the fact that I'm gay. You're just a cunt. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Finally got first rid of C bomb of the podcast. First C bomb of the <laughs> reserved for exactly who it should be reserved Amazing. for. Um so got rid of that wanker anyway. And um then I got I came out publicly because I thought I wasn't gonna come out publicly and I thought, well, I don't I don't need to. Mm. And then I thought, you idiot, if you had seen like maybe at fifteen, if you had seen someone come out, maybe you would have started asking questions about yourself too. Yeah, absolutely. And it being okay and seeing all the support I got. So I came out publicly. Then my phone started pinging. I thought, oh no. And I picked it up and it was so much abuse. <laughs> from, what, on like, social media? Or? No, emails, emails, text messages, on social media, everywhere. From like old friends that I had. Um, God, how his, dare people do that? His family calling me a liar and I deceived him. And I was like, no, you understand nothing. And I've been nice enough not to say the truth. Um, 
So I had loads of abuse and I'm like, shit, how's the family going to take it? Um, my mum was wicked. She took it great. She had a few questions about it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's fine. I'm your daughter. Like you can ask me whatever you like, but mm-hmm. she's always been my biggest cheerleader. Amazing. She only had a problem, I think, at the start of the fact that I wasn't going to have children, mm-hmm. but that's more of a personal choice. Than and I think that's really common choice. with parents because I had yeah. that as well. I don't want to have kids because no. I'm not maternal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's selfish to leave them on the planet that looks like this. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, but so my mom was fine. My grandparents didn't really give a shit, um, but they're very strange people anyway. And then my mum told me about a conversation that she'd had with my grandfather because he was like, oh, yeah, uh, I've mowed the lawn today. I went to Asda. Um, Billy's gone gay. And uh, it was just in this list like I've gone gay. And then later, because he keeps trying to talk me out of it, bless him, because he's an old man yeah. and old men trying to talk women out of whatever choice they deem correct for them. Um, so he said to me one day, are you still gay then? You're not, uh, I thought you were ACDC. <laughs> and I fucking died. And I went, no, I'm not bisexual. That was, that's, that's what it you mean. what you meant. Still gay. I mean, it's a spectrum and I identify better with the word gay as I, than I do lesbian. Yeah. Just because unfortunately lesbians got a real turfy connotations to it, which is absolutely not who I stand with. Okay. Um, so, I mean, and also it's, I kind of feel like sometimes I can be attracted to someone that I don't know what their gender is. And that's okay too. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put myself through the ringer and question my own identity yeah. because of someone else's. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's, I know how I feel inside mm-hmm. and I know what I am and where I lay. And I, that's something I can't really explain. So your pronouns, she, her? She, her. She, her. Yeah. And, and you feel very much... Yeah. Female. and feel very much female. There's never been any con- gender confusion with myself. I think um, I'm comfortable in my androgyny. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where sometimes when you're questioning like where you are on a gender spectrum, if you are slightly androgynous, I think maybe that becomes a bit more of a question. Mm-hmm. And I did question it and I thought, well, this is this a non-binary thing. And I thought, no, I just like fucking with gender. Yeah. Um, and that's okay too. Why does there need to be rules? I don't have to label it. No. I just like fucking with gender. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times I get asked by audience members what I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to a trained eye, it's obvious that I'm a woman. Yeah. To an untrained eye, it isn't. No. And that's okay. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind them going, what are you? Because I'll go, inexperienced. Are you entertained? Yeah. <laughs> then it doesn't matter, does yeah, it? Did yeah. I sing some of your favourite songs? Did I make you laugh? Yeah, well, this is it. I, I th- see, I think for me, the non-binary um, is something that I'm I'm definitely exploring and they, them is pronouns that I'm getting comfortable with as well. Mm. But also I'm not offended by he, him. No. Because I've had that for 30 odd years mm. and it's, it's a label, but I know how I feel inside. So, and even yeah. they them feels clunky sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, am I really they them? I, I think it's. I think there is such a spectrum. And I, I think, think on any given day, it's important to keep asking yourself and yeah. going like, well, what am I comfortable with? Well, yeah. I don't need that anymore. Maybe I need this now. Yeah. It's evolving. It's changing, like you said. Mm. Like you don't know. It might change tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who gives a fuck? I really liked what you said. Well, actually, not like as well, but I resonate with what you said about feeling broken mm. because. And I wonder if a lot of queer people listening to this will feel that as well. I definitely have felt like a broken man for most mm. of my life. Yeah. And I had a real issue with masculine men. Like when I worked in uh, an office at my old company, I remember going to the coffee machine and there'd be about like 20 men at the 
um, said your urinal. <laughs> you don't get coffee from the urinal. The you know the um the cafeteria thing. If they were standing the, their dicks out of the cafeteria, that's weird. By yeah. the way, Just, <laughs> yeah. you might want to let someone know. Coffee, <laughs> <laughs> coffee, anybody? Not from you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in my cup. Um, but yeah, and I, and I would kind of purposely walk the opposite way around the kind of um, corridor way mm. because I didn't want to be faced with so many guys because I just felt broken and I felt like I was always on display, always being judged. Yeah. And that comes from, I think, you know, people saying abusive things or people being rude to you or people always questioning you and you feel like you always have to answer Absolutely. Yourself. Like I felt the same. I've been like when I was in college, I didn't really fit in anywhere. That's why I started really heavily drinking. Um, because I didn't fit I was in dance class. I was a ballerina for fuck's sake in college. And then all these women in the thing, and I'm like, I'm not this. I'm no. not I don't know what I am, but I am not this. No. Um, so I kind of knocked that on the head. Um and I think like, yeah, big groups are very divided, like sort of these are masculine and these mm-hmm. are feminine mm-hmm. have always been really uncomfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And I think seeing like um, the most masculine people are going to get in a strip club, I think masculinity yeah. has something that has been attributed to specifically men for too long. Like mm-hmm. women can be masculine. It can mean a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Men can be feminine. It can mean a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. It's whatever you want it to mean. Mm-hmm. And I think with the feeling broken thing, it's just that we had no, you can explore this if you want to. Yeah. And if you can't do one this specific thing and feel this specific way, there is something wrong with you. Are you an 80s child? 90s. 90s. Okay. Yeah. So I'm eight, I'm middle 80s. Mm. And I definitely feel like growing up, there was always stuff in the media or things on television. Mm. There were always, if someone was different, there was always a comment made or someone was questioning someone. Or I'd, I'd hear people that I knew saying something. And you know, it's really interesting. So... I've not done them very well, but I, I paint my nails. I've done it for like the last year. Mm-hmm. When I was really young, um, and hopefully I won't upset anyone by saying this, but when I was really young, I was told that boys don't paint their nails. Yeah. Boys don't wear makeup. Boys don't play with dolls. So mm-hmm. I very much kind of, all the things that I really was drawn to, I felt quite wrong for and quite shameful for. And the anxiety I felt this time last year of doing this was mm. just, I can't explain it. I just, it, and it's nail, it's fucking nail varnish. I saw them outside and went, that's a nice colour. Yeah. Like, and, but that's the thing, we wouldn't think twice. No. And in bright, and do you know, it's funny, I went to Sainsbury's Garage last year to get some petrol and I had my nails painted. So, the garage. Yeah, the gay, I went to the garage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> popped the hose in the car. And um, yeah, I got some petrol and went and, um, and parked and, sorry, paid. And um, the lady went at the till, oh, have you painted your nails? And I'm like, can I just pay for my petrol? Excuse me, madam at Tesco, what do you mean? I know. And then when I was like, I came to Brighton last summer when we first started coming here to, to move here and look around, I just had, oh my God, I love your gels. They're incredible. Because by that point, I was like, fuck it, I'm getting gels done. Yeah. I had literally the pride and the non-binary flag done. In, That's so you know, cool. I love that. And I got all these compliments and I was like, wow, it just goes to show the power of kind of your environment and actually hugely and i feel the freest i've ever felt here that's amazing and Um, like i I feel the same as well like especially with like feminine stuff like i like feminine stuff but mm -hmm. not in a not in a you know like it's it's difficult it's hard to explain Mm -hmm. um and i think some of the you know the most feminine people are not who you'd expect them to be yeah but that's the thing you've got to play with gender you've got to find out where you sit Mm -hmm. um and also, if you don't know something about someone else's gender, learn. Yeah, this is it. Ask questions. If you're, I always think if you're respectful and you ask people questions and you're decent, mm. you'll be okay. Oh my you God, know? yeah. Like, <clears throat> I've got a couple of uh, people in my life who don't understand non-binary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people don't. 
Yeah. But as long as you're learning and you're evolving about like the way you treat and also fuck labels for a minute. People. Yeah. The way you treat people. Be kind. Exactly. Just be kind. Mm-hmm. You don't like you don't know what someone's gone through. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they might have not gone through anything. Mm-hmm. That still doesn't allow you to be an asshole. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, I think it's about learning. And this is actually the next question I'll ask you is about allyship. And this is something I want to cover on every recording that I do, because Cara and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. For me, allyship is really important. And I, I don't think it's just about having allies. I think it's about being allies to people in our community mm. as well. So like this week, I was posting about the fact that the government are being fucktards and they're, you know, um, that going back on what they said around conversion therapy and that you know the ban of that and they're not including trans and non-binary people and it's just it's yeah. ridiculous and it it's like ridiculous. we we there's people in power that are having these opinions and making these decisions and it's just I, it just it blows my mind and Do you know what i mean they've they, <clears throat> unfortunately a lot of this it's always been fear-based and they've mm. they've always tried to make us like make our community not exist in some way or another. But we have to say, though, an MP did come out as trans last week. Right? Yes, you saw the news, they did. Which is amazing. It is amazing. And so things are changing. Things are changing. Things but... are changing. But you're right, it's important to be an ally as much as it is to, you know, be kind to people because mm-hmm. there are people that are going through some shit right now mm-hmm. and that's that's not okay. No. So... I, I listened to an interview, actually, um, Sean Fay, he wrote The Transgender Issue, the book. Mm. Um and she had an uh, an interview um, with uh, Channel 4 Podcast. And it's funny, actually, because I was thinking about this, and I'm sure I'd, I'd read this somewhere else, but it was uh, the way I described it to a family member who asked a question about conversion therapy, because I sent the link around and said, please, can you all have a look at this, have a read, please, can you um, sign the petition? And I don't know if anyone knows this, but on the Stonewall uh, website, if you put in your postcode, it brings up your MP. Mm. There's an email ready to be sent. You just put in your details and it gets sent to your MP oh, straight fantastic. away. Um, and this is not going out to the summer, so it may be done by then. Who knows? But so fingers crossed yeah, in, fingers in the right crossed, direction. Yeah. But so I sent that across to them, and I described it as you know transgender people are going through what gay people went through in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. It's almost like um, it's now you know there's there is privilege in every community. I think, and mm-hmm. I think they they it, it said that if there's if you're a white gay male, for example. There's a certain element of privilege that you'll have over someone who's trans, for example. And I think that's happened by allyship and by support and by people, things happening and things changing mm-hmm. over the years. But if you go back 20, 30 years, people who were gay were getting it. There was the AIDS epidemic. There was mm-hmm. so much kind of going on. And she says in there, you know, in, in this interview, we aren't, that isn't just what we're going through. That isn't just our story. There's so much more to it. So and, much more. And so, again, I, I kind of feel like the part of allyship for me is, yes, we all have our opinions and we all have our ideas and thoughts about this kind of stuff. But I think it's about self-education. We mm. we never stop learning. And it's we all have a responsibility to be allies and watch those um, documentaries, listen to those podcasts and just see what people Even are saying. Even if they're uncomfortable as yeah. well. Like, you, you've got to, you know, if you also, if you have a political opinion on something, you best be able to back it up. Mm. So I think, like, really learning about... Um, other people's issues is is really important in allyship. Yeah. Um, the fact that conversion therapy exists is ridiculous, sickening. Anyway, yeah. um, that sounds it like harkens back to like twenty to the twenties, insane asylums for me. Like, what are you even doing? This is so archaic. Mm. But I think sometimes that it's so like if people took the time to say if it's a normal straight couple, yeah, took the time to learn about, um. 
Queer people. Queer people. Or what people are going through. Yeah, and um, conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. They'd go, this is still going on. Yeah, imagine someone telling you you couldn't be straight. Or, yeah. No, there's something They'd, wrong with you. A lot of them will probably go, that, what? That yeah, happens? I know. So, and I think a lot of it is just ignorance. Mm. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with what you. What makes though. me laugh is that we're all still here. Mm. We've been here for centuries. Literally. I mean, it, it's just like nothing. I mean, if you go back to Roman times and Greek times and, you know, there's always been a presence of, you know, um, homosexuality or, you know, gayness or people. Try and tell me the Bible's straight, but, you know. <laughs> but, but, you know, people, people, you know, in back in, um, you know, Shakespearean times. Yeah. That, is that the one? Is that the Shakespearean? Yeah. Um, the men would be dressed up as women because they didn't have enough women or women couldn't be in the plays. So yeah. they were doing drag, you know. Literally, it's not a new thing. No, it's crazy. And it's just, I don't know. Actually, one of the, because the, I'm like literally hooked on uh, Chinese war epic books at the moment. Okay. Um, and there's this Chinese pirate that was a woman. No one knew. Yeah. But she had the most infamous fleet of ships right. in history. Right. And uh, it was a woman. Yeah. And they didn't know. No. Brilliant. And she had, you know, female lovers and all that. They didn't tell anyone. So people have been around for a long fucking time. It's been a happy, yeah. And I just, oh, I don't know. Mm. It, it makes me cross. But I think the more we talk about it, the more we educate ourselves, the more we be allies, Absolutely. you know, to our people in our community. Um, and, you know, people that are, you know, um, intersectionalities of intersectionalities, you know, people that, person of colour in a gay community, mm. you know, a disabled person, you know, someone that is I going also... through more than just one Mm. element of being a minority i think it's it's important that we understand all the different facets of of what people are going through i also think as it's really important not to speak for them yes like i can't tell you how many times some like what's your opinion on this bitch go and ask them yeah like let me shut me up for a second i'll educate myself without bothering them with it and making them feel like they have to educate me ask them well that's our duty isn't it you know it's like, like when you know uh George Floyd was killed and mm. uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, really took off. We were talking about this in our uh, work, in my kind of work, my day job that I do. And we were saying, you know, it's not a black person's role to educate white people no. on why race, um, you know, and racial equality is important. It's not a black person's role to make you feel better for being upset that this happened to a black person. Like, are you crazy? No, we all have a duty to educate ourselves. And that extends to the queer community and mm. every sexuality of our, of our queer community. Mm. We have to be... Um, understanding what's going on. And I think with with anything in life, if something doesn't affect you, it's almost easier to kind of go, oh, that's not directly in my, in my, you know. It's not in my bit. So I'm okay. But actually, the the more we do this, the more we all stick together. And, you know, we are doing that. The more that happens, I just think it just makes... It just makes things so much better for everyone, doesn't it? And then we all yeah, we all live a life which is a bit more harmonious and enjoyable, you know. Yeah, it's really, out, yeah. yeah, it's just important. So what advice would you give to someone who was starting their journey as a as a queer person? Would you would you give any advice to someone or would you let them uh, find out their first of all, I would say, um it wouldn't be right of me to say everybody should come out mm-hmm. because sometimes it ain't safe. Yeah. So I would say to those people that we still know you're there mm-hmm. and we still support you, even though mm-hmm. we don't know who you are and may never know. And there is still support out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially there are pages you can go on and, and ask for help if you need it. Switchboard, um, etc. Switchboard. Yeah. There are also like um, sites that you can go on that have quick shot windows. I know because I've used one. Okay. So uh, we still know you're there to the people that like can't come out yet won't come out yet, don't feel it's safe to, or, you know, 
Uh, we still know you're out there and mm-hmm. you are still part of our community. That's mm-hmm. the first thing I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing I'd say, if anyone's starting their queer journey, um, I would say reach out to the, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you've got, um, obviously, if you've got a supportive family, wicked. A lot of people don't. Don't have that, no. But I would say I have my chosen family now. Mm. Um, I don't really speak to my um, blood family a lot. Because they're strange <laughs> and not that supportive. So I have my chosen family. I've yeah. got, and I've got a wonderful family. I know now that I could call any one of them up mm-hmm. and go, I need you to come to wherever we are mm-hmm. in, in Hove. And they would be here within 20 minutes. Yeah. I know that. And yeah. I know that because I do it for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that a queer person starting their journey, just like finding queer family is really important. Again, finding people that are, um, older than you to to look up to maybe, but find the right ones. Mm-hmm. Um, don't feel immediately that you need to label yourself. Go with the flow. Go with the flow. Have fun. Experiment. And don't let other people label you either. Exactly. That was the mistake that happened with me. Everyone wanted to label me. And then I was like, oh, you must be right because you're young or you're exactly. inexperienced. Do it for yourself. Absolutely. Do it for yourself. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to stay in your lane your whole life. No. Like, just experiment. See what you like. See what you don't like. Stay off fucking TikTok. Um, <laughs> like, I was, I was going through it the other day going, Every person is either toxic and narcissist, mm. uh, non-binary, and I'm like, bitch, you need to like have some time to figure out it Who out you yourself. Are. Yeah, I'd say be kind to yourself, be kind to other people. Um, if you do have a problem, go and speak to someone about it because we need to be loud. Mm-hmm. And I understand that that's not always easy or mm-hmm. it's not always safe to do so. But there are people that can be allies for you. Um, and we'll stand with you in that. Mm-hmm. And it does get a whole lot fucking easier once you figure out what you are. Yeah. But... And also you've got the right people around you that champion you and exactly. lift you up. I, I really liked what you said there about family. And I just rubbed Ant's arm mm. there. Because, you know, since moving here, you know, I've met Ant and his partner and I've made a few other friends. And I don't know, you know, for me, it's like, I can't imagine like a year ago having the conversations that I've had in the last four months since yeah. being here. You know, the conversation we're having today is amazing. Mm. And there's something really beautiful about when you surround yourself with people that understand you. It, I think it does liberate you. It mm. makes you, it lifts you up and it makes you feel, you know, the stuff that you're questioning or the stuff that you're going through when you kind of go, I've been feeling a bit like this. And someone goes, oh my God, I've had that too. Yeah. Oh, this is what I needed all that time. I needed a queer family. And, yeah. you know, I love my family at home. I'm, you know, back in where I'm from. I, you know, but I think... It is about sometimes being around people that truly get you and mm. then can kind of understand what you're saying it's and, about and lived don't judge you. Isn't it? Exactly. And you know, there are there are so many things that you can't really have someone that hasn't had your experience, like you can't really explain it to them. Mm. And sometimes when someone goes, Oh, I've had that, it's because XYZ mm-hmm. or I've had that, I did this to combat that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much easier. So mm. much easier. Like I've had talks with a couple of like lesbian friends um about how how it is in our community and there is like there's a lot of gatekeeping in in queer communities as well which i find stupid um because why are you gatekeeping anything Mm -hmm. you know it's supposed to be all of us Mm -hmm. lgbtqia plus Mm -hmm. it's supposed Mm -hmm. to be all of us yeah there's no point gatekeeping anything no and especially i mean the thing that pisses me off the most is is turfs Mm -hmm. trans women are women Trans men and men, literally, that's such a simple point. I don't know why that's difficult. 
Well, our Prime Minister, this was something was on the news this week about him talking about that and how he, I'm sure this, I saw this on Instagram, I'm assuming this was a recent clip, mm. but he was even saying about, you know, um, trans women shouldn't be competing in sports with women and it's just, I'm just like, wow, we, we're we never going to change if this kind of shit is out there. It's when the just... blob of Play-Doh shouldn't be Prime Minister, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't really? trust someone with hair like that, I have to say. Would you, would you if you mm. went out for coffee with someone and their hair was like that? I'd mistrust it immediately. Yeah. No, you, it's a vibe, isn't it? Yeah. It's a total vibe. I, and I, I love what you just said. And I and I think that, you know, like um, my lovely friend Gurel that I'm going to mention, you know, he's 22. He's from Spain. He, again, like you, moved over here by himself, so brave. And, you know, I'm 15 years older than him, but he is teaching me so much. Mm. You know, I love that actually there's so many different elements of our community you know, whether it's different parts of the community or different ages, different lived experiences, you can always learn from someone. And you always can, yeah. I, yeah, and I, again, it's just expanding my whole, my mind's like, wow, I'm now reading different books, I'm thinking about different things. Mm. It's it's incredible. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's incredible. I've been interested in, like, how gay is in different cultures as mm. well. So I'm trying to learn more about that at the moment. Yeah. Like, um, I'm seeing a person who's Jewish. Mm-hmm. I want to learn more about that. I want to learn, like, how gay is mm-hmm. in judaism like is that like how do they behave do they behave like our parents would to us because with our parents it's like well that's not very christian of you and yeah. it's all very sort of tight-laced and fuck you about being gay i want to learn about different cultures and mm-hmm. i want i want to learn like what someone's experience might have been um coming through that um so yeah i think it's just important to keep reading books yeah and do you know what as well i would i wouldn't want to be anyone else I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't trade being in this community for anything. I no. really wouldn't. And there was a time when I was a bit like, I felt like never really fitted in. Or But now I'm just like, oh, I fucking love this. I, I love oh, God, being yeah. queer. I said it's to amazing. my friend the other day, I saw this straight couple arguing about some bollocks. <laughs> and I said, you know what? Every day I wake up and I'm grateful that I'm a homo. Because <laughs> I do. I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank God. And like, I think about all those years because I came out really late at 27. Mm-hmm. And um, I think about all the years beforehand. But you know what? I probably wouldn't have been strong enough to deal with anything. Everything's in its right time. You know, I've said that about moving here. God, I wish I'd done this before. If I'd have done that right. before, it wouldn't have been the right time. Yeah. It would not have been the right time. It has to happen. I, I love that. Thank God I'm a homo. I think it's one of the perfect God, ways to end homo. the questions. Thank God I'm a homo. I do have a quick fire round for you before well, we finish, which I think would be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so try and answer as quickly as you can. Okay. Last the other week, Cara was a bit like, "Oh no, I'm not sure what what to answer." So we ended up, having, and we probably will end up having discussion along the way. Queer icon. Oh fuck! Ah! Ah! <laughs> uh, Grace Jones. Okay, amazing. Okay, favorite song to perform. Oh, this is really hard. Talking about quick fire, uh, Purple Rain. Okay, queer anthem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. So many. Come back to that one. Come back. To okay. That. Um, bottom in or bottom out? Of what? <laughs> Is it like your outfit style? Oh, <laughs> I said that to my husband last night. He's like, "Do you think Vinny will know what you mean?" <laughs> I was like, "In or out of what?" And I just uh, pictured a bottle. It was really weird. No bottom. Um, half bottom. Half bottom. Okay. Is do you have a half bottom on your outfit? It's quite yes. a lot. I thought you were full bottom. Half bottom, sometimes huh? full bottom. Uh, were yeah. you full bottom at Madonna? I was full bottom at Madonna because okay. it's Madonna. Well, yeah, you kind of need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were underdressed, quite frankly. Yeah, exactly. In comparison. Netflix and chill or a good book and nap? 
Uh, I'm a pervert, so Netflix and chill. Chill. <laughs> Family holiday or peaceful retreat? Peaceful retreat. Okay. Four, <laughs> four dead people you'd like to have coffee with? Oh, four dead. Okay. Angela Carter, really fantastic writer. She was absolutely insane. She's written some of my favourite books. Okay. Um, Dave Bowie, obviously. Obs, yeah. Um, four dead people. Four dead people. Uh, my dad, because I've never spoken to him. It'll be interesting. And I need a fourth dead person. <laughs> I need a fourth. Anyone got a fourth dead person? Fourth dead person. No. Going once, going twice. What about um, Jean Brown? She went She went last week, didn't she? Bless her. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was very sad. Oh. Andy Warhol? Uh, no. 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 Oh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that would be, that would be quite an interesting conversation, wouldn't it? So, My dad, Freddie Mercury, Mercury David Berry, and... And who was the Angela, first? Angela Carter. Yeah. She'd hate all of them for a start because right. she's, yeah, misandressed, but yeah. fantastic. Oh my God, fantastic. Writer. And do you reckon Freddie would be like laughing with Bowie around how, like, you've not spoken to your dad and <laughs> oh, this is going to be interesting, darling. And, yeah. <laughs> That'd be so good. You're probably the postman's dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Saturday curry or Sunday roast? Saturday curry. Oh, really? Mm, I'm not much for us. I'm vegan. Ah. Yeah. Would you so, not have a nice nut roast? It's a bit fucking... And also, you can't have a Yorkshire, oh, Yorkshire pudding. I know. I mean, I do make a banging Christmas dinner, and I did this year, oh, and it was nice. vegan. What did you have? I had... I do this, like, stuffing pastry lattice with beetroot and spinach thing, and then I just had a shitload of veg. And I, right. So, yeah, they liked yeah. it. I'm saying amazing. No, I, I need to have pigs in blankets and turkey. I had pigs in blankets. They were just vegan. Vegan. Mm. You can get some good vegan food, actually. You can. Although uh, a couple of years ago, I had so much corn products that nah, it, made me feel, it, it made me feel really ill, yeah, actually. Yeah, I just make it myself. I don't do processed stuff. Okay. So. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm, love it. Um, Stony Beach or Hove Lawns? Stony Beach. Stony Beach. G&T or Glass of Rouge? G&T. Can't drink wine anymore because it made me fall off stage. Oh. Yeah. What, too much wine or? Too much wine. <laughs> On the stage. I looked like an upside down greyhound. It was terrible. Did you really hate yourself? Really hate myself, yeah. I didn't even stop there. I just ruined the night from there on. <laughs> so oh I don't drink wine anymore. Okay. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Can we have a couple of lines or something? Oh my God. Uh, oh, fuck. Something like, you. I love your raspy voice. Uh, it'd be very raspy. I've Go not on. had my bloody coffee. Uh, which Which song? I don't know. What, what about a bit of um, Crazy For You from last week? Because that was amazing. Um, if I remember the words, I'll... I've already put it on the spot. I'm so sorry. Um, okay, hold on. What I'm dying to say is I'm crazy for you. Touch me once and you know it's true. I never wanted anyone like this. It's all brand new. You feel it in my ears. I'm crazy for you. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, you're such a beautiful voice. Thank that's you. so good. Oh, just, um, yeah, incredible. Thank you so much for that. It's all right. It's wonderful. I have a present for you. What is this? So I asked for your favourite colour last week on yeah. our text. Do you remember? So, okay. Oh, yeah, you did. And I, I was did. like, I wonder if it's for the, like, the background image or something. I was going to say something like puce. So do you know what? <laughs> so do you know what? So yeah. I was gonna like guess everyone's colours, right? Because I'm making everyone the same thing. So by the time Ooh. this goes out, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, here we go, the same gift." But um, I wasn't sure with your colour, and I didn't mm. want to get anything that clashed with your hair as well, because you've got quite a unique kind of like hair. We well, haven't got a unique hair colour, but you've got quite a particular hair colour. So Ginger. sometimes colour can 
No, I don't mean like that. But like sometimes you're a ginger, aren't you? And no. that's sometimes that's looked upon strangely, isn't it? No, Billy? you look a bit strange, unique. We'll call I it. I thought your hair was actually darker than it is. <laughs> is it because what you put on it when you perform? Because it fades. Um, it, uh, okay. It's a box dye, so it just fucks off. Right. Okay. Um, but, but because I put so much hairspray on it to keep it solid, like a nice little helmet, it then goes darker. It then goes lighter. Oh, because it strips out all the product. Oh, right. Mm. Okay. I don't wear wigs, do I? No. So, so, so the so there's nothing wrong with your hair color, but I think it's you have to have a, everyone has a color, don't they? Everyone likes a color. I can't get off this now. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It looks fine. Don't even worry. <laughs> so this is your present, <laughs> and I I made this from scratch. Oh my god, I'm so See excited! What I could wee, but I do need a wee. Is it? I've got a card. Got a first card. of all. You can read my poor handwriting. Oh, Thank you for coming to Clear I Am, the podcast. Much love, Andrea. Ah, thank you very much. Thank you. You made, hang on, you made this. I made you a green scarf. I have plucked it slightly with my keys. My fucking God. I know none of you can see this, but you've actually knitted me a full scarf. Yeah, it took me about three nights. Like six, six hours. This is amazing. I love it. I'm going to give you the biggest hug in a Do minute. you like it? I love it so you much. You said green and I was like, mm, olive green might be quite nice. Oh, so. I love And actually, it. I have to say as well, that goes really nice with your ginger hair. It's amazing. And that's the nicest present I think I've gotten in forever. Oh. We're just going to piss everyone off. Sorry, but it is. Do you know what? The funny, and I think I have like, I've plucked a little bit on the, on the edge there. So it's if you just tuck so that bit in, if you're a seamstress, you can do that. Okay. Um. But so it's it. it's hilarious because when this goes out in the summer, everyone's gonna be like, "It's July, a fucking scarf." But actually, you probably could still get away with it now because we are in April. I, I'm wearing a scarf right now. I yeah. mean, I wear a scarf a lot anyway to protect my throat, but <clears throat> because obviously I like to vape and I like singing songs at the same time. This is beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And it's my favorite color. Though. Yeah, it's a nice green, isn't it? Lovely, it's a lovely green. green. But thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's and thank you for being so open you know and what? just so, so lovely. Easy as well, wasn't it? Just blah 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 blah. Like you're very good at this. You know? Oh, thank very you. Good at it. Thank you very much. Um, but no, I really do appreciate it. So thank you for your time. Oh no, thank you for having me. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> Well, what an incredible conversation with Billy Gold. That conversation was more than I imagined it would be. It was so wonderful to chat with Billy and just talk about so many things that we both have in common. And the conversation just progressed into territories that I hadn't even planned for, which I think is really, really exciting in a podcast. So big thank you to Billy for coming on the podcast and for sharing her story. I hope you all really enjoyed it and more to come. Don't forget to like this podcast, share and subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram. My address is at Fluey Actually. Thank you so much for listening to Queer I Am, the podcast. Until next time.
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.